Myanmar's military dictatorship ended the year 2022 by extending the prison sentence of the country's democracy icon and former de facto leader Aung San Suu Kyi to 33 years. But it appears that the ruling did little to stop the country's ongoing fight for democracy against the brutal military junta. Today, we zoom in on the politically motivated sentencing of Suu Kyi and Myanmar's enduring pro-democracy movement. For this, we connect with Deputy Asia Director of Human Rights Watch, Phil Robertson in Jakarta. Thank you for joining us so early in the morning, Director. Of course. Uh, We haven't really been able to cover uh, what's been happening in Myanmar on a daily basis. Uh, And so we want to bring our attention back to the topic and maybe get our listeners first caught up with the background on why Aung San Suu Kyi was placed under house arrest back in 2021. How her military, uh, well, military-induced, it seems, jail sentence has been extended and on what charges? Well, she was arrested soon after she was deposed on February 2021, February 1st, 2021, when the military coup took place in Myanmar. Uh, She was taken directly to house arrest uh, and she has not been free since then. Uh, The military brought a whole number of charges against her. Uh, We believe that these charges are, in fact, uh, uh, politically manufactured. Uh, They are bogus. Uh, And they they range across a whole number of topics. Uh, The latest charges were connected to uh, an alleged corruption about uh, the use of a helicopter when she was uh, the state counselor uh, during the previous government, which is the de de facto prime minister. There were other charges uh, that her foundation that's named after her mother somehow uh, was corrupt. Uh, There are claims that uh, her bodyguards used unlicensed technology, even though those bodyguards were provided by the military uh, ministry of home affairs, which was run by the Myanmar military. Um, There were claims that, you know, she has done this or that. Uh, regardless of what the the charges are, she was always found guilty. And this pointed to the fact that she wasn't given a free and fair trial. Uh, she had very limited access to her lawyers. And, and more importantly, the judges in these courts are being directed by the military to uh, rule on the charges. Uh, the, there's no independence in these uh, courts. And uh, so, again, we view her as a political prisoner. Uh, she's now in prison for 33 years. Hmm. And we think that the plan for the military is that they want to keep her beyond behind bars for the rest of her life. And uh, there's been a gag order on the legal proceedings. The military government has repeatedly denied all requests to meet Aung San Suu Kyi by any sort of international organization. Right. So that makes it difficult for us to, well, hear the other side of the story. Now, I, I want to ask you, Director, about the timing of the sentence, because the sentence came just when Suu Kyi and her party were poised to begin a second term of government. And so it's evident that it was aimed at permanently removing Suu Kyi from the political scene. So what has been the reaction so far been like among her supporters and democracy activists? in Myanmar that won't stay silent? Well, there's been a great deal of outrage Uh amongst her supporters. Um, You know, she won the 2020 election in a landslide. In fact, the margin of victory for the National League for Democracy in in November 2020 was even greater than their previous election victory in in 2015. And that's saying something because uh, it was a landslide in 2015 and it was an even bigger landslide in 2020. Mm. Uh, the military coup government in Myanmar has alleged that uh, there were uh, election irregularities, uh, but they have provided no evidence whatsoever. Uh, they've made a lot of various different accusations, but, you know, it's almost like uh, Donald Trump in the United States. Uh, you know, there was 
allegation after allegation, claim after claim, and it's repeated time after time again. But the reality is that there is no evidence uh, that there was irregularities or fraud. And, and there was certainly nothing that took place that would have reversed the size of the victory that Suu Kyi and her party won. So it, the people of Myanmar, and particularly the ethnic Burmans, which uh, compose 65% of the population and voted overwhelmingly for her, view her as the legitimate leader of uh, Myanmar. They say, this is our elected leader. We want her restored. We want her party brought back and uh, installed in power. And we want the military to go. And that is one of the core demands that has actually fueled the insurgencies in places like Moniwa and Sagaing, uh, parts of the central Burman um, heartland, where previously we haven't seen these kind of insurrections against the military or the or the government. Uh, as you've mentioned, Aung San Suu Kyi is nearly 80 years old, meaning she may spend the rest of her life behind bars. What are the bigger implications of that notion? Well, I think the military has recognized that every single time that they compete against Aung San Suu Kyi in the National League for Democracy in an election, they lose. Uh, so they have decided to use their power to sideline her permanently. And, and we expect that they uh, will also perhaps either try to move against the National League for Democracy and, and formally ban that party. Uh, or ensure that, you know, all the senior leaders of the National League for Democracy are behind bars so that they cannot reconstitute themselves and challenge for power. Uh, this plays into what we understand is the current strategy of the Myanmar military, which is that they are going to claim that they need to hold a new election, uh, and they're going to try to do this perhaps sometime in 2023. Hmm. Uh, it should be very clear to everyone that the uh, such an election would be completely illegitimate, uh, there should be no support provided to that. I mean, and this is something that governments like Japan, South Korea, and India uh, should not be fooled uh, by the military's claims that somehow that they are going to hold a free and fair poll. Uh, it's quite clear that there won't be uh, that kind of election, and no one should uh, do anything to give it any uh, legitimacy on the international stage. Uh, some UN experts have actually characterized what's been happening in Myanmar as a civil war because of the armed opposition to military rule. Unfortunately, it comes at an alarming number of casualties. According to various reports, more than 2,000 civilians, including hundreds of children, have been brutally murdered by the military since Myanmar's coup two years ago. Tell us more about the aftermath and what are the latest developments of the armed resistance movement led by mostly civilians? Well, so it, it is quite clear that there is a civil war now going on mm. between the people and the military uh, of Myanmar. Uh, the um, people have uh, refused to be uh, subdued by the military. They refused to go back to a military dictatorship that, you know, of the sort that they suffered almost five decades of previously before the democratic period. They've said that we're not uh, going to um, agree uh, to this military coup, and we're not going to allow Min Aung Lang to take power. And what we've seen come up is uh, the, the the growth of civilian militias, the, the People's Defense Forces. Uh, we've not seen that before. Uh, we've always had the resistance by the ethnic armed groups, and they continue to resist. But the reality is that now there is a coalition between the ethnic armed groups and the uh, civilian um, local militias in the cities, and also in places like, as I mentioned, Sagaing and Moniwa, where you have uh, resistance where there never was uh, resistance before. Um, 
and so the, the Myanmar military is facing pressure on all sides and the the it is committing crimes against humanity on a daily basis uh it is using its air force to bomb schools churches uh other civilian targets uh we have seen uh repeated uh, massacres uh by the Myanmar military uh going into villages chasing uh people that they say are insurgents and then you know separating all the men from the women and and shooting all the men uh we have seen uh massacres that have taken place in ethnic armed areas where people have been stopped at a checkpoint and all massacred uh it is uh outrageous and unacceptable uh what the Myanmar military is doing and and unfortunately we have just seen the international community fail to come to the level of action that is needed to stop this we we need an international arms embargo uh, by the UN we need uh real sanctions against the 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 top military and uh their business interests we need things that are going to cause real pain for the uh Myanmar military and we're just not seeing that yet we see a lot of uh statements uh we actually saw a UN Security Council resolution for the first time in December uh on Myanmar uh talking about human rights issues but again it, it it's something that the Myanmar military generals have been willing to uh ignore because they there's no uh pain associated with it it's just a condemnation and it seems a war in Ukraine doesn't help um, bring more international attention to what's been happening in Myanmar. It does, in fact, overshadow it, at least in the headlines. And the media is perhaps partially guilty of uh, not covering it enough. Um, but I do wonder then going forward, what sort of efforts are absolutely necessary? What is being done now to then address what's been happening in Myanmar in the last two years? Well, I think what needs to be done is there has to be a real targeting of the uh financial lifelines that support the military and and that's particularly the oil and gas uh revenues uh Myanmar earns between one to two billion dollars a year uh from gas exports and that is going to the Myanmar oil and gas enterprise it's a state enterprise that's controlled by the military and we have been continuing to demand that the United States sanction that entity just like the European Union has done to put real pressure on the on the Myanmar military but so far Washington has been reluctant to do that in part because Thailand is uh concerned that they would cause a problem for Thailand um you know we need to recognize that there has to be a uh reconstituted friends of Myanmar group uh that would be willing to really put pressure on Myanmar uh so far the international community has said that well, geez, uh, let's have ASEAN take care of this. Let's let's ensure that this is all taken care of with uh, in the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, the regional bloc. But that bloc is split right down the middle uh, between supporters and opponents of the military, and it's just not capable of doing anything now. So there needs to be uh, a, a range of frontline states working with uh, other countries from the European Union, from North America, and other places to forge a new uh, alliance of governments that are prepared to work in a concerted fashion to put pressure on Myanmar uh, in, in a way that we've not seen previously. Uh, the Ukraine uh, gives everybody excuse to say we're too busy doing something else. But it also shows as an example to the Myanmar people that this is the when the international community comes together, they can accomplish a great deal, uh, as we're seeing in Ukraine and the kind of pressure that's been placed on on the on the Russian government. And the, the the Myanmar people are quite uh, clear in asking, well, if you can do that for you, Ukraine, why can't you help us? Mm. Uh, and it's a very, very relevant and important question that needs to be answered by the international community. 
Thank you very much, Dr. Robertson. Uh, it seems that Aung San Suu Kyi's lawyers are expected to appeal in the coming days. We'll keep tabs on that. And we hope to speak to you again soon. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Anytime. Thanks so much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.